you're a diehard fight fan and you've been looking for like-minded diehard fight fans, welcome to the family. This is Coster's Cage, giving fans insight and analysis and featuring guest appearances from the UFC's biggest stars, past and present, as well as the very latest UFC news. This is Coster's Cage, and here's your host, Dan Coster. Episode number six, recapping and reacting to what happened at UFC 260 over the weekend. There's a lot to get to, but first, there's a little bit of news I got to tell y'all. Justin Montalvo, if you remember, back in episode one, picked up his second career win. He moves to 2-0 and as a professional. And the quiet man, Dylan Mantello, who we interviewed in episode two, picked up his third career win. Both of them remain undefeated. The UFC also signed former Cage Warriors champion Patty Plimblett to a deal. And it looks like McGregor and Poirier have a date. July 10th. It's not official yet, but it looks like that will be the date for the trilogy. On to UFC 260. I'm going from bottom of the card to the top of the card. I'm also going to leave timestamps of the O'Malley fight, the Luke fight, and obviously the Nganu fight in the episode description. So if you just want to hear my thoughts on one particular fight, you can go to it in the episode at that certain time and listen. Anyway, Mark Andre Barrio versus Azatar. Mark andre is good cardio, man. This guy's durable. Put a pace on. Had a dominating third round. Just dominating versus Abu Azatar. Then the third round, I mean, this, this could have been stopped at any moment. Any moment. I Even could have been a 10-7 round. And Jaron Vallel, what does he do? Abu Azatar is literally getting beat to a pulp for four, four minutes. Easy. Four minutes in the third round. Four seconds left in the round. He goes, up. Oh, I've seen enough. Stops it with four seconds left. I mean, just one of the more funnier stoppages I've ever seen. I mean, Abu Azatar was getting destroyed for three and a half minutes nonstop. Didn't put up a fight for three plus minutes. And Jaron Villel stops the fight with four seconds left in the round. Marc-Andre Barriol gets his first UFC win. Omar Morales, Shane Young. Boring fight. Went the distance. Omar Morales moves to three and one, though. And... If you remember, he moved down from lightweight to 145, and he's a big frame at 145. Next fight, Modestus Bukaskis versus Michael Olajeshuk. A lot of people thought Modestus won, but I don't think it was a robbery, all right? Just because it's a split decision and you thought the other guy won the fight doesn't make it a robbery, okay? Either guy could have won. It was a split decision, but I think the judges gave it to Olajeshuk. Say that 10 times fast. Because he had great pressure and he had Modestus circling around the edge of the fence for 15 minutes. Could have went either way though, but I think that was the deciding factor. Next fight, Abubakar Nurmagomedov versus Jared Gooden. Now don't get fooled by the name. That's what I thought coming into this fight. Abubakar is not as good as the Nurmagomedov name shows. But he won this fight on the feet, which was super impressive and surprising and a really good sign for his future. I don't think many people expected that, but with Khabib in his corner... I think Habib's going to be a great, great coach and really be an advantage for fighters. Few coaches make differences in, in the actual fight itself, but I think Habib could really just make that difference. And you might say, oh, yeah, you know, obviously Habib's going to be a great coach, but it's not always the case. It's not always the case, you know? Alonzo Menafield versus Fabio Charant. Charant making his UFC debut three days notice. Let's be honest, this guy does not belong in the UFC. Menafield really needed this win. And he did what he was supposed to do. A quick finish. Von Flu choke. 
funny since the fight before. He fought OSP, the Von Flew master. Big win for Menafield. We'll see if that fight with William Knight ever happens. It's been canceled like 50 times. Jamie Malarkey versus Kama Worthy kicking off the main card. Kama Worthy doesn't have a chin. Just doesn't have a chin. He's been KO'd or TKO'd seven times now. We didn't see Malarkey winning like this though, right? We thought Malarkey, if he was going to win this fight, he'd use his wrestling and, you know, control Kama Worthy. 46 seconds into round one, Malarkey lands one right on the chin. Big win for Malarkey. He gets his first win after starting out 0-2 in the UFC. Jillian Robertson versus Miranda Maverick. Maverick, the hype train, continues to roll on. Still just 23. She still goes to school. I mean, think about that. She still goes to school and is taking classes. She's strong. She brings a pace. Looks good on her feet. If she can continue to evolve on the ground, stop takedowns, improve her defensive wrestling, I mean, this girl's dangerous. She's gonna she's gonna be a problem. She has an upside, obviously. I mean, she's still learning. She's 23, still learning. Gonna have a number next to her name. The future is bright for Miranda Maverick. Sugar Sean versus Thomas Almeida. Sean O'Malley, the guy is a star, right? It's got it written all over him. But there's plenty of people that are going to hate this guy. But, uh, you know, he's fun to watch. You can't deny that. You know, he still thinks he's undefeated, which drives me insane. It's like, dude, give it up already. Him holding up a zero when Bruce Buffer announced his wins and losses. It's like, Sean, you lost. Whether it was a fluke or not, you lost to Cheeto Vera. Just, just throw it up. Leave it behind you. It's done. It's over with. It's not the end of the world. So he's looking great all fight. Switching stances. Using feints. Really looking smooth. Hurts Almeida bad in the first. Thought he had a walk-off KO, but the ref didn't stop it. And man, what a costly mistake that could have been. Didn't matter, though, because he hurts Almeida bad again in the third. And then just lands an absolute meteor on Almeida's head. As Almeida was on his back, and that finished the fight. I mean, I guess after seeing that, you could understand why he didn't follow it up in the first round. But you got to keep going until the ref stop you. I know he wanted the style points, and he still got him anyway in the third round. But, man, that would have been such a bad mistake from O'Malley if that ended up costing him. And, hey, I like the celebration. It was cool shooting hoops. Then he's walking out like he's got weak ankles, mocking himself and the haters and all that for saying he's got weak ankles and weak legs. But, Sean, your ankles are still weak. You know, O'Malley's durability is always going to be a question, at least for me. It's not just going to go away after this fight. You know, he lasted a fight. Now he's acting like his ankles and legs are all fine and all this. I mean, stylistically, this was a good matchup for Sugar. Only questions were about his weak legs and checking the leg kicks. He seems like that's behind him. He was talking about checking leg kicks and all that. But I'm going to need to see a few more performances before I could trust your durability and see your legs actually hold up. Because the competition's only going to get harder. And here are my three concerns going forward with O'Malley. I think he's great on the feet. But when we talk about potential ceiling for this guy, here are some of my concerns. I mentioned durability. Concern number one, you got to show me more than, you know, you can last one fight without your legs getting snapped. I need to see more. Concern number two, we've never seen Sean O'Malley versus a wrestler, which seems to be a big weakness. And the fight versus a wrestler would be his toughest test to date, no doubt. The UFC probably won't even give him a wrestler until he's top 10, top 5, whatever. But I'm if, if that was a fight, I'm back in the wrestler 10 times out of 10. Concern number three, when we're talking about his overall ceiling, right? Yes, he's good, but he's arguably in the best division in the UFC. The Bantamweight division is just loaded. It's loaded. I'm not hating on O'Malley. He's very good. Let me set that straight. 
it's just going to be tough for him to fly up the ranks and make quick work of some of these amazing wrestlers and grapplers while also staying healthy. It's like, can it happen? Yeah, obviously, but man, that's going to be a tough task for him. And it's it's going to sound like I'm hating on O'Malley here, but I promise I'm not. You know, you look at his three wins. Jose Canones, not in the UFC. Eddie Wineland on his last legs. And now Thomas Almeida, who's lost four in a row. By the time of his next fight, he'll have three wins, all of which are guys who are not in the UFC anymore. So just keep that in mind. I also saw that Dominic Cruz is interested in fighting the Sugar Show. I think that'll be a great fight. Obviously a great test. And, you know, Dominic Cruz is coming off a win himself over Casey Kenny. So those are my thoughts on the Sugar Show. Luke A versus Woodley. Tyron Woodley is getting all the credit in the world for this one because he actually landed a few punches and was more active in this fight than his last three. It's like, well, yeah, you can't just stand there along the fence for 15 minutes again. I mean, I guess he could have since he did it in his last three fights, but I mean, it's the last fight of his deal. He had to show something, at least some aggressiveness. Yeah, he hurt Luke a little bit, but Luke a is one of the best chins in the sport. He's never been knocked out. Dana said post-fight that that's basically it for Tyron Woodley. I, I mean, that was his last UFC fight, guys. That's uh, He's not coming back. 39 years old for Woodley. He's lost four in a row. I mean, it's done, man. It's done. It's over. As for Luke A., this guy's a stud. Finishes everybody. Got Woodley with a darst choke. He's got a chin of steel. Calls out Nate Diaz post-fight. I mean, what a fight that would be. He also said he was going to call out Masvidal, but that rematch with Usman, you know, it just has to happen. Every UFC fan just needs to see that rematch. Like, can we, like, cancel that and book Colby and Usman and give Masvidal a uh, Luque? But no, obviously that's not happening. Interesting to see what happens next for Luque. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's, a, he's a problem, man. He is an absolute problem. Only recent losses were versus Wonderboy and Leon Edwards. I mean, two top five guys. Now to the main event, Stipe and Francis. Francis was so calm and composed, used the leg kicks, and obviously the biggest part of this fight was Francis beautifully defending a takedown. Even hit Stipe with some shots on the way up. Then in round two, we all saw what happened. Clean KO. Only a matter of time before you get caught by Francis, honestly. You know, the first fight, Stipe went 25 minutes with Francis. That would have been unbelievable. I know it was three years ago or whatever. That would have been unbelievable if Stipe won another 25. I mean, imagine 50 minutes in the cage with Ngannou and not getting finished. Obviously, Stipe could have knocked out Ngannou, but if you were backing Stipe, you liked him because of the wrestling. I, I liked Stipe. I picked Stipe to win this fight, but, you know, it was basically really just because I had to pick one, so I went with the champion. You know, I mean, obviously, it was a coin flip fight. But uh, once Ngannou stopped that takedown, I think everybody's eyebrows raised. And, you know, good for Francis. You can't be that much of a physical specimen and just not become the UFC champion at some point. It was only a matter of time. It was just uncertain whether it was going to happen for Stipe on Saturday night or not. Now, the big question is, does the John Jones fight happen? I think it will. And, man, how crazy would that fight be? If Francis gets past John Jones, right, let's let's look ahead here. He's going to have the belt for a very long time. I know it's the heavyweight division. Anybody could get knocked out on any given night. But he's got a chin of steel himself. And if he could stop takedowns, it's not like anybody really wrestles in the heavyweight division like that. 
And no, John Jones is not scared. Give me a break. I know he's tweeting. He's like, oh, asking for the UFC to cut me today. All this different stuff. He's like flipping out. Just like, relax. I think this fight's going to happen. John Jones is going to get paid. He's not scared. He just wants money. And, you know, Ngannou said he doesn't think a trilogy is necessary with Stipe. And I kind of agree with him. I mean, if it makes sense down the line, then sure, yeah, it'll happen. But Stipe should not get the next title shot at heavyweight. Like, come on. Like, he's going to rest. Let's get this thing going. John Jones versus Ngannou. Let's book it already. John Jones also has to, you know, call whoever he's got to call and book this thing already. But let's say this fight doesn't happen. John Jones just goes off the rails, doesn't, you know, whatever. It doesn't happen versus Francis. Who deserves the next title shot? Derek Lewis, Surreal Gone I've seen a few times. Stipe, I, I just said I don't like Stipe uh, to get the shot that quick. I think it'll be Derek Lewis, and we saw what happened a few years back, Derek Lewis versus Ngannou. Yes, things are different now, but man, that was such a bad and boring fight. And I, re- like, everybody wants to see John Jones versus Ngannou, but... If it doesn't happen, I, I'd have to say Derek Lewis or Singanu makes the most sense. I mean, it just does. I don't want that to happen, like I said, but it makes the most sense, and that would have to happen. As for Stipe, I think there's a lot of options and a lot of potential fights that he could have. Volkov makes sense. Surreal Gan makes sense. Derek Lewis makes sense if he's not fighting Nganu. There's a lot of different ways Stipe could handle this, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, if he waits... Let's it all play out. Or if he takes a fight, you know, in six months or whatever. We'll see what happens. You know, there's a lot of unknown. But with that being said, that's all I got to say about UFC 260. If you missed the last episode, I interviewed Austin Hubbard, UFC lightweight. Go check that out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you all enjoyed my opinions. Deuce. You've been listening to Coster's Cage with Dan Coster, bringing diehard fight fans together. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Coster's Cage. Welcome to the family, and we'll see you soon.